You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Process. And we are starting this show later than normal because I hit the damn snooze button about seven times. You know when you're laying there and the, the phone's in your hand and you just have it on? Your hand is just holding that button to hit the snooze. So as soon as it goes, ding, ding, boop, hit it, <laughs> ding, ding, boop, hit it, you know, and I'm just not getting up. So shame on me. <laughs> Oh, you good, bro. You good. I mean, I, I was late earlier this week. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure there's been some other times you bear with me. So we good. We good. As long as we can shoot the shit about basketball, I don't care. Now, if yeah. you switch the subjects up, you got a problem. But right now, we good. All right. All right. I got a little nervous. Not going to lie. As soon as I saw the time, I did one of those reactionary, pull the covers <laughs> off, and I just looked. I didn't even know what to do. I'm like, what am I? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I had to like run down to the basement. Actually, I had to make my coffee first, of course. Guys, too. Lots of news with the 76ers right now. You got Brett Brown comments about Ben Simmons and his injury. You also have a, well, it's the same writer, believe it or not, but a Sports Illustrated writer, Chris Mannix, say he thinks they actually have a good chance of making some noise because of all this happening. And to top it all off, Joel Embiid needs a car. Did you see his tweets? Yes. Yes, now, I did not realize he didn't have a license. Honda Civic, Honda Accord. What what type of car is this guy fitting into, first off? I'm hoping he pulled up in the pickup. I'm, I'm I'm part of the pickup game. I'm not like the Jeep cult where every time I see somebody, I honk, but I see a pickup and I'm like. You give him that fist? Go. Yeah, you yes. give him that fist? See, yes. when you said pickup instantly, and this is bad that I think this way because you're, you're probably thinking, nice pickup. I actually saw your Snapchat the other day. You were cleaning that bad boy, mm-hmm. weren't you? Yes, yeah, sir. that's that's yes, a sir. nice crisp, nice pickup. <laughs> I was thinking Friday Night Lights, the TV show. If you've seen that, oh d- like God. beat up red pickup, or like you gotta maybe like start it eight or nine <laughs> times, and you hear the engine going and you can't turn it on. That's what I was thinking, Joel and me, and pulling up to the Wells Fargo Center, black smoke just firing off the back. I would not be surprised with him. I would not be surprised at all. I- I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, if he's at a red light in Center City, windows down in this pickup, what do you think he's listening to? You think he's got some Luke Bryan on with his elbow out the window, just giving a head nod to the guy next to him as if, oh, yeah, that's that's not Joel Embiid or anything? Some Daryl Oates. I, I, I can see several things. I see several things. I see Sade. I can see him listening. To, I mean, obviously, if you got that pickup, he's only listening to the radio. He ain't got no off score than that, but. I, I can see him listening to several things. I'm whatever this is, it's gonna be a spectacle. Whatever we're about to see, like this car hunt that he's about to go on is gonna be a spectacle. I hope somebody has the camera rolling while he's looking for it. Because this is about to be hilarious. The more I think about it, I think Justin Timberlake is like a good mix of mm-hmm. what he's probably tuning into. You know? I, I just Probably see him a as river. a JT guy. Cry me a river. Okay, I like that. I like Well, that. I told you the other day I was jamming so damn hard. It was one of those moments where I think to myself, whoo, thank God nobody is near me. Thank God nobody can see me. I see Joel going on some long road trips, just going to town. I'm thinking maybe if he does get some sort of smaller car, he might have to have his head out the out the top and he's still driving. I mean, his head might be literally out the window up top. Uh, he's 7'2". He is a convertible pickup. I mean, nah, if they figured it out for Shaq, they could figure it out for him. He, he going right. to be all right. Or they get him, get him a, a damn Buick. 
Yo, I'm sorry. I used to watch those commercials like, this is a hell of a sales pitch. Because I'm not going to lie. If I see Shaq get in the car in person, I'd be like, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) I got to take take function over fashion. That's the one. Yeah, that Buick just sucked you in, huh? I I think that's what's next. Yeah, that's next for Embiid. He's going to have like a GMC or something. You know, something... I don't know. I'm just spitballing here off the top of my head. But it's going to be your standard father and mother car as a family of four. Dude, you you know Jimmy Butler has a big uh, role in his life friendship-wise. Maybe we go minivan. Oh, my God. Minivan and country. You know, the Kendrick Lamar minivan, I, I can't see. <laughs> What's wrong with that? He pulls up the Wells Fargo, the door slides open, he hops out. <laughs> it's like smoke comes out before him. No, no, no. The Undertaker now is a WWE <laughs> scene. Is that Wells Fargo? What not? I can see that. I 100% see, like I said, I just really hope the cameras are rolling because it's going to be a spectacle. Oh, no doubt. It could be. This is, this is my last thing on it because we're getting ridiculous. But, you know, <laughs> I could see it actually being part of, you know, when they announce him and it's Joel Embiid. Instead mm-hmm. of him coming out with the flames going and everything, he just he pulls up with the minivan. Now the minivan's <laughs> at like half court. He gets he out. He rings the bell from the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drives by it and hits it. Ding. <laughs> Thing. He's off cue though because you got to do it as the as the floor breaks, but he's yeah, too the, late because he can't was, turn the wheel enough because he's too big. <laughs> All right, basketball. Yes, sir. You want to do basketball? Uh, a little bit, a little All bit. Right. I was having fun with that. No, me too. But I think we got a little carried away there with him driving a minivan onto the court for the for the ringing of the bell ceremony. Don't you think that's a little the, bit too much? I would say to the Triple H theme song. <laughs> I'm so like this shit sounds like an episode or something. I, I would love to see this. I would love to see this. But all right, basketball. Fault, I don't think fault. we're too far off. I mean, we are exactly. talking about Joel and Bede, so let's exactly. not act as if this is that crazy, right? I mean, if we were talking about Furkan Korkmaz doing this, it would be a different discussion. Yeah. What do you think Furkan drives? Something sleek. I'm not gonna lie. I, I he, he has the European in him. I, I he does him as have like that a, European style. Yeah, I peg him as like a you know he he pulls up in the AMG right outside. Mm. T.T. Ooh. I like how you did that. <laughs> now we're talking. I can see that too. Unbelievable. It's a good Time flies with Furkan. Uh, that's, that's a good pull by you. A good pull by you. All right. Before we do the Sixer stuff, the NBA return and start into, well, it seems like it's hitting some bumps and bruises along the way. Like there's this conversation about some Orlando workers from the airport 500 of them got tested and about 250 of them have coronavirus so how are you going to get players to Orlando to play at Walt Disney World I mean there there seems to be a lot of bumps and bruises we mentioned the Kyrie Irving stuff before and it seems like they're going to get over that hump by agreeing to use this platform to make an even bigger statement so that is good news as well. But but there just seems to be a lot of bumps and bruises. But the details involved in how they're going to do this and bring this back. I mean, you have, it's sort of like a, a camp when you were younger and you go to the camp. You got ping pong over here, movies at 8 o'clock if you want to go watch the movies. You, you got video games, you got a deck of cards, but you got to throw away the deck of cards after each hand or something yeah. because you got to bring in the new ones. I mean, it's just so detailed. They're stressing to everyone how important the health part of it is. I like that, though. I, I like that. I'd rather that than them be too passive. 
You know what I mean? I like that every precaution is being taken. I like that they're the deck of card things is a bit excessive. I don't know if it's after every hand, but they yeah. do know they have to refresh the deck of cards uh, yeah. pretty frequently. Yeah, like stuff like that is is a bit excessive, but these excessive times, you know what I mean? And, and I think I think a lot of it's just placebo. You know what I mean? Just feeling safe. Just you don't want people worrying. You know, they already at camp. Like you know, I, I could see this sounds like like an OAU tournament. I'm sorry, like the way they're putting this together, like it sounds rough, you know what I mean? But with everybody being down there, I feel like a lot of it is just, we need people to feel safe. That's half the battle, you know what I mean? So Well, you I mentioned the, AA, the AAU vibe. I mm-hmm. do think it's pretty funny that you're going to have games being played and then the opponents are going to be watching. I'm, I'm picturing a, a team in their jumpsuits. Like if you're in the second round and you've already advanced and you're watching the two teams that you might see in the next round and you're watching you're, like the Bucks are in their full getup and they got their, they're going to have their masks on and they're just watching as if they're scouting you to see who they're going to play in the next round. I'm sure you had plenty of moments like that back in the day, waiting for which team you're going to play at 5 o'clock, and if they lose, they play at 3 o'clock on court 2. That's what it's going to be like. You can watch your 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 uh, opponents going at it right before you. No, absolutely. It's like it's like a high school game, like the JV team, you know, and it's watching the, the varsity team. Like, this shit's going to be comedy. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just imagining the Snap stories and the Instagram stories that come from this, like, if somebody messes up to see, I'm waiting for the one NBA player who's going to, like, have their camera out and be commentating the game in real time about little things going on, if they allow it, which I'm pretty sure they will because they're technically fans. But, like, I think this whole thing is is weird already. Like, let's be honest. You heard Disney World. I don't think anybody questioned, like, how odd that is. Like, Disney World. Disney World of all places, you know what I mean? But I feel like it's going to be comedy. I feel like it's going to be great. So they might as well just go all out with it. It's just, I, I love the AAU comparison, though, of the, the all right, listen, listen. We in pool two, they in pool three. Uh, the championships at 8 p.m. on Sunday. We got to win this game and that game. And I was saying, if, if they break out the Snickers and hot dogs for uh <laughs> for lunches, then like, I'm like, all right, this, this is just too much. But it's going to be good, man. Yeah, and, and I wonder if, imagine playing a game knowing that LeBron and AD are watching. Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. he looks up to LeBron. They're good friends and all that. So I just wonder, will that make people feel a little bit juiced up? Like if you were playing a game, it's a little different because if you're playing a game at Villanova and there's thousands of fans in the stands and you know three of your friends are there, it's not the same as being in an empty gym with three of your friends there. You know, it's it's a totally different vibe. But I just wonder if knowing your peers are watching, if you know LeBron is watching and you're Ben Simmons, does that give you a extra motivation because you want to show your buddy, a, yo, I'm about to ball and you're going to watch me? <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It kind of... Like, I, I think it's going to add something to the, any act, the interactions in the game, too. You know what I mean? Like, somebody gets a dunk and stares down somebody in the crowd. Yeah, you can you see bro. a two-handed slam by Ben and then a mean stare down yeah. at, at Bron Bron over there? Yeah. yeah. Like, imagine James Harden hits a three and whoever he's playing next is in the crowd. Or, like, Russ, you know, flies down the lane and just bangs on somebody and it's like, yells at somebody you next. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like this whole thing is like, do it, do it, and go all out with it. Like it's it's gonna be not just comedy, but it's gonna be great television all the way through. Ooh, ooh! Now I'm kind of getting a little bit excited. I'm not gonna lie, but we do have bad news, which will bring my excitement down because yesterday I fired off 
in my own little personal YouTube video because when I saw these quotes from Brett Brown, I was not happy, D-Ray. I was not happy at all. And if you remember, when Elton Brand spoke about a couple months ago, he said mm -hmm. that we are optimistic that Ben Simmons will be ready to go. And, and I looked at that word optimistic, and that fired me up. That got me pissed off, and I said I wanted him to confirm he will play. And you actually said, Broads, calm down. He had to say optimistic because he can't really just throw it out there to confirm he will absolutely definitely play. He's just kind of, you know, saying, look, he'll play. No! No! That wasn't the case because here's Brett Brown. And let me read you this quote, D-Ray. Let me read it to you. Let's hear here. My opinion, and this is not confirmed yet. I have that uh -huh. highlighted, by the way. This is not confirmed yet. In pink highlighter, we will go back. Is that we are going to be able to inch him back into this, Brown said. Is he going to be 100%? I don't expect that. But I think he is going to be available. Let me get out my little spiel first, and then I'll give you the floor. If the quote was just, is he going to be 100%? I don't expect that. I would look at it as, all right, that makes a lot of sense. The dude just had a back injury. He'll probably never be 100% again. But there's more to it. I don't. I. I think he's going to be available. Well, I mean, are you kidding me? And the this is not confirmed yet. So he's saying, my opinion is that we are going to inch him back into this. That statement is not confirmed yet. So is it possible that if it's not confirmed yet, there might be no inching back at all, and he won't be able to play at all? Or does that mean? He might play fully, and there's no inching back. He's just going to get thrown into the mix and play the 40 minutes a night. Because I look at that and say, well, if it's not confirmed, that means there's a possibility that he's not going to kind of get placed back in 20 minutes here, 15 minutes here. He might flat out just not be available to play at all. I don't think that, bro. I, I don't think that at all. We, I think we are talking the 76ers. The 76ers. And that is why I think this is just damage control. I think they're like, listen, if we say he's going to be 100% and he goes out there and he's not really feeling it, or we get the training camp and something happens, that's our ass. That is our ass. Like, as an organization, we can't justify that. If he gets through training camp and gets to the season and we can't necessarily use him like we need to because he's a little rusty and we got to sit him down, that is also our ass because they're going to say, you know what? Here comes the bullshit again. I'm getting Markel fever. This looks just like it did when the injury with him happened. So I feel like with them, like I said, with Elton Brand, I'm sticking by that, bro. I'm sticking by that. I feel like a huge part of this is, listen, I'd rather under-promise, over-deliver, than say he's going to be ready and something goes wrong. I, I think I of like it like what this, it is. though. Yeah, but if he's this hurt, I mean, if you're telling me now, this happened when? Uh, March, early March? I mean, if we are yeah. still having a discussion about him not being able to play in September basketball, October basketball, uh, we, we are in some big trouble. I think this is a this is an injury that is way more of an issue than we than it was perceived, and it's their that. fault that it was perceived this way. I don't see that, bro. I don't see it. I, I just don't. I don't. I genuinely don't see it. I feel like, like we talked about those workout pictures. Like I said, some of those workouts you can't do. Some of those movements, if you had a serious back injury, you couldn't do. I think it's a matter of how much he can do right now. But 
we still got X amount of time until training camp. What is it? Like, damn, there's six weeks at this point until the season starts. You know what I mean? Like, we have time to, to, to get him back to a point of, like, actually playing, actually being effective. Not to mention the eight regular season games. They might not want to use, you know, him for that. So you inch him back in through that, but we locked in for the playoffs. So I think this is just damage control. Like I said, I think they learned through the, the Markel, you know, thing and through several other injuries. Shit, Jerome B, let's call it what it is. Like how many times they said this and, oh, the foot's going to be fine or he's going to be good for this. And I think for them, they've gotten to a point as an organization. Like, listen, under promise over deliver you know what i mean because you can't go back on it once you say oh hell yeah ben simmons is gonna be in the lineup right away and then something happens and it's like because like we talked about it you lose trust in them you know as fans it's like all right i can't believe shit they say you know what i mean and they already kind of there with the whole he was throwing up story coming out so i think it's just i think it's damage control. maybe that's the optimist in me but yeah it seems like you're taking that approach i'm more upset with the the messaging it really when i think about it more and more it's less about the actual injury because injuries are going to happen in sports but it is about the messaging because as i stated elton brand said he's optimistic and i would say that that's different than what i kind of got out of brett brown and then there was that report by jackie mcmullen who was a very respected um reporter in the nba and Mm -hmm. he's fine he'll be good to go he has no pain he'll be ready to play and it's where are we? How is that possible where the GM says I'm optimistic, Jackie McMullen saying that things are fine and there's no pain and he's ready to rock and roll, and then the head coach speaks and now it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. It's it's all over the place right now. Yeah, man. It's it's rough. It's rough. But like I said, it's maybe it's the optimist in me. Maybe it's just trauma from last time. But I really hope that the, the case here is, Ben Simmons is good. They know he's good, but not 100%. So why say he's 100%? Why say anything you don't have to? You know what I mean? And as far as inching him in goes, I like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's if they use him a little bit for those eight regular season games and kind of get him readjusted. And then when the playoffs start, he's 100%. He's ready to go. Why not? It's a win-win. See, I don't think it'll be that way, though. If if he's not ready to play in the eight games or if he's playing 15, 20 minutes a night in those eight games, I can't imagine the playoffs come around and here's 40 minutes of Ben Simmons. I just don't think that's how it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be that big of a jump, but I think it's definitely going to be, you know, all right, let's let's, let's put him, let's give him, you know, 10 minutes. Let's give him 15. All right, 25. All right, this this is probably the hardest opponent we're going to play. Give him, let's let him play for a good half. And then the playoffs come and it's like, no, you have to perform. But I also have faith in the added pressure, too. Let's be honest. This shit isn't all on uh, the Sixers organization. Ben Simmons has to show up for these playoffs, too. We know what happened last year. You know what I mean? And all the criticizing of him only having five points in the game, him only doing X, Y, and Z in the game, him only taking so many shots. So he has a lot to prove this playoffs, too. So the pressure isn't all on Brett Brown organization. A lot of the pressure is on him to be like, no, your ass got to be back. Because if you don't come back and this moment is wasted, which pretty much the moment I'm talking about is the Sixers having a chance to reset. Y'all be, if he does come back on his word, working out six times, he comes back in shape. And you got all these things kind of working together. And then you're the only guy out because you didn't take that extra step. I, I don't I don't, I don't, don't strike him as the type of guy to, that, uh, to just sit with that for the rest of the offseason. No, I, I don't think that he's he's going to 
milk the injury, if you will. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's not going to sit out because of a little bit of pain or whatnot. He's going to push through this as much as possible because that's the type of competitor that Ben Simmons is. I just, I look at all of this and I think to myself, okay, this, this is the Philadelphia 76ers we were talking about. I get your mindset. I get where you're coming from. Like, hey, maybe it's not as bad. They're just trying to undersell some things and whatnot. But I always think back to, okay, let's look at the track record of this organization. You might be right in this one scenario, but more times than not, it's been what I'm saying. So you might be right with the Ben Simmons stuff, but you look through all this injury history and all the communication problems that they have had over the last five, six, seven years, and I'm just going to play the percentages and say something is up right now with Ben Simmons based off of the mixed messaging because they can properly get this right and when they can't get it right that means something behind the scenes is going on and I don't know what it is but I'm upset about it because I I don't know where they stand and we should understand where they stand by now and this happens too much no man you're right you're right I mean I said it too I I back you on that based on the the past hell yeah but look around man shit's changing (laughs) I'm I'm hoping this is a new day for the 76ers but I definitely see what you're saying about being upset about that because it's not like you said their track record like they do not do well with this but I I have faith that that's why they're going to deal with this one differently they have to I hope so I really do hope so and and you mentioned when we were talking about the gym and the pictures in the gym it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't relate if he's beefing up that much, if he's lifting those type of weights, how much back pain can he possibly be in? I mean, you yeah. can't lift those weights, do those workouts, and then have this severe back injury at the same time. You just can't. It doesn't It doesn't work like that. It's like, I'm trying to think of a comparison, but it's just, it's like somebody having something tore up in their knee and doing jumps. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, a back injury, because it's the middle of your body, it's so many things. You know this, anybody who played a sport knows, like, the back is no joke, especially your lower back, because it's connected so many things throughout that part. It's like, if that's messed up, you're not doing a lot of things. So I just, I don't see it. I know, I I know, I'm with you. There were some other quotes, though, that were, Uh, thrown around before we get to the why they have a good chance of winning Brett Brown was talking about conditioning and I want to read you here conditioning is the key to success in a resumed season a fitness base is everything Brown would like his team to be at a B plus by the time they leave for Orlando and work their way up from there I think that's fine Mentally, there are different challenges. A real fear is the question of if guys want to be there. None of us can dismiss that. It's human nature. Coming out of a pandemic to assume everyone will be gung-ho about going would be very naive. Now, the way I see this is, I think that there are players that are probably like, oh man, I got to go there. But it's not the players or the teams that are in the, hey, we can make a little bit of a run conversation. Maybe the Orlando Magic, maybe the Wizards, maybe the the teams on the West Coast, the the Pelicans, and who else is in that eighth seed? The Memphis Grizzlies, maybe some guys on those teams. But I can't imagine anyone on the Lakers, Sixers, Celtics, or Bucks, Toronto, Clippers. I can't imagine any of those guys going, nah, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like having a chance yeah. to compete for an NBA title. Hell no, hell no. Like we said last show, if you got a chance to win, if you're in a position to win, I mean, shit, you heard about players who barely had it. Damian Lillard, he's advocating for give us a chance to even play in. If you're a true competitor and you've put in X amount of work up until this point, you're not saying, 
you know, let's, let's, let's chalk it. You're not saying, you know, let's not do this. Let's not do that. You're saying, no, if I have a chance, I'm taking. And to go back to Kyrie Irving, that's part of the reason why everybody got a problem with his ass. You know what I mean? Because like, well, you're not playing. Like, it's easy for you to advocate for sitting down. You're not playing. But I, I'm, I'm very interested to see um, how this plays out because something tells me very soon a big name player, rather it comes from somebody's source or, you know, because uh, that shit to me. It's, when you read these words, it's like per source, such and such said this. According, it's like, man, get the hell out of here. You made this shit up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, get the hell out of here. Like, this guy. You don't trust people's sources. What if Woj throws out per source? You believe him? Yeah, like, Woj has a, has a good enough track record. But it's like the thing I sent you on Twitter yesterday with the dude, when Theo Pinson quoted the one dude was like, stop, this isn't happening. You know what I mean? Like, you can say anything if you say per source at the end of it because you're technically saying, I do. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't say that. The, the, the guy over there, who I'm not gonna name, said it. He whispered. I was in a bar and I overheard. Like get the fuck out of here. But, <laughs> but like I got a feeling in the upcoming weeks, there's gonna be a bigger name player who comes out and says they're not for it. it rather, they come out and say it, or somebody else says they say it. But why is it in the next couple of weeks is gonna be like a Donovan Mitchell or somebody like that has uh, expressed concern? Well, it's gonna be written like has expressed concerns about the pandemic uh, outbreak in Florida. Per source. Per source. And then it's going to turn into a whole snowball effect of how they don't want to go at all. But it's going to be drama until we get to Disney World, period. Yeah, there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way, but I do think that they will find a way to get this done. Um, You mentioned the whole per source thing. That's kind of funny because there was a story going around over the last week about Kyrie and him wanting to make his own league or something. And it came out that it was false. I love the reaction to it because it's him because it's Kyrie Irving. I, I, I can't even process the, uh, the way that he is viewed now. I mean, it has just completely changed and the story did come out that it was completely fake, but the fact that someone ran with that and it's so believable because it's Kyrie Irving, it's almost as if, what, you're going to create your own NBA league? Like, what are you thinking about? But that only works because it's someone like Kyrie Irving who is an absolute nutcase. Bro, bro, I say we coin this shit right now. It's kind of like, I'm going to call it what it is. It's the Jimmy Butler effect. It's what we're talking about with the Sixers. It's what we're talking about with Kyrie. Somebody looks at the past events and what happened in the past, and they immediately say, this is just another episode of that. With Jimmy Butler, oh, things are going on in the Sixers locker room. Same thing that happened in Minnesota. Same thing happened in Chicago. It's like, ah, not really. Kyrie Irving wants to start his own league. This is the same guy who said the earth was flat. We got to run with it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just such bullshit. And I said, like, with you, you my guy, I get it. That's now nah, you can concern. rip me. That's part of this. No, I get no, no, ripped no, all the no, time. No, 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 no. Because you're to my genuine concern in a like true pattern. But with them, it's just like it had to be. The only way that story got traction is because they said Kyrie said it. And it's just this is my own stick with, with bullshit journalism. I consider us two stand up guys. I consider us guys who stand by the motherfucking truth through and through. We are the motherfucking truth through and through. But I can't stand these motherfuckers out here that just make up shit and put per source at the end of the tweet and then just run with the story. Like, make our own league. What the fuck? Make our own league? Like, Look, we don't know. Maybe maybe there was a little bit of him that wanted to do it. And then once he saw the backlash, he was, yo, I didn't say that. Yeah. I didn't say that at all. I wouldn't be nah, surprised if bro. Kyrie did come out with a statement like that and then had to backtrack because of the, the public opinion on it. 
Oh, like hold on, real quick. This this is what it says. This is what the joint. I was I was looking for the one I sent you. So the guy wrote for NBA players canceling the season could devastate the salary structure for now and the future. So there's some truth in that. Kyrie said what he said about listen. At the end of the day, we hold the power with the dollar. You know what I mean? That's where our true power is. So if we don't play, that's the message we're sending. That then turns into in a recent chat, uh, in a recent chat group with Nets players. Kyrie Irving lobby for skipping the bubble. The Daily News has learned. Has learned. Where'd you learn it from? Where the fuck did you learn it from? They learned it. Uh, in that chat, he also proposed that the players can start their own league, according to a source. So it's like you say this shit, and then all you got to say is, has learned, acquired information per source, and all of a sudden it's true. Theo Pinson, his teammate, a guy who's in that group chat, immediately quotes this shit. This is fake news. Just stop. Like, it's disgusting. It's the, I'm sorry. The shit, it's, it makes our job so much harder. That's oh, why yeah, no doubt. Because with social media, you can pretty much do anything. And then there's all those respected journalists with all those respected sources who they do have to put per source because they can't just throw out actual yeah, yeah. people out there. And then these type of scenarios is what makes that, uh, you know, you, you just view it in a weird way at times. But that's when you know who you can trust. And you got to learn based off of listening to specific people on on who has the right information majority of the time compared to that. Exactly. That's why you should trust the process pod. Ooh, how about that? All right. Mm. I like that. I don't know if we can still coin that, though. We might get sued for that one. You think? I uh, hope not. All right. I want to get back to the uh, the situation I said of people not wanting to be there. Brett Brown said that it would be naive to think everyone would be there. If there if there was one player on the Sixers roster that wouldn't want to continue to play right now, who do you think it would be? Because it wouldn't be Norvell Pell because I think he's excited to have some NBA experience in the play. It, it, would it be Mike Scott because he's annoyed with how it went down? Maybe, oh, I got a good one. Glenn Robinson the third because that son of a bitch doesn't know his role still. So maybe Eileen Glenn Robinson the third. I love how son of a bitch was one word. <laughs> son of a bitch. I, I see. I can see Mike Scott being annoyed. Like I, I see. Oh. There's so many scenarios, especially for how they're about to deal with them down there. I can see a lot of guys being like, I am not for it. Well, do you but, think it's any starter? I don't think it's any starter. It, I don't think it's Al Horford because I think he wants an opportunity to prove that he could play. And to be clear, this is a hypothetical just to see who would, you know, if you had to choose one, who do you think it would be? It's not as if this is the person, as if there's one guy and we're trying to figure it out. This is a hypothetical. But I don't see it being any starter. I don't think it's Al Horford. It's got to be a bench guy. Maybe someone who doesn't have a lot of emotional tie to this team. It would be Alec Burks or Glenn Robinson the third. I got more faith in Alec Burks for some reason. Something about him just, he seems solid. And then not no disrespect to Glenn Robinson. I don't know the motherfucker, but if I had to choose anybody, it'd be him. Cause his comments earlier. Is that is that where you're leaning? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's not Furcon. He's putting up videos a couple months ago with that game winning shot in Portland yeah. saying he misses it. And yeah. He's yeah. putting up pictures all the time. So it's definitely not him. And he's he's another guy, kinda like the Norvell Pell, where he has an opportunity here to keep his name going in some NBA experience. So he's gonna want to utilize as much time as humanly possible. But I just thought that that was interesting that Brett spoke about some guys are not gung-ho about it around the league, and you question yourself or question your, your own team as well. So, all right, we're going to go with Glenn Robinson the third as the answer. We'll see how it all plays out. 
I said we're gonna see. We, we gonna are see. gonna I, see. I, 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 yeah, I, I think I agree with you though. I don't think there's anybody with one foot with both feet in. It's somebody with one foot out. It's somebody that's kind of like ah. You know what I mean? Could but, it be like Kyle said, O'Quinn? Like, dude, I'm not playing anyway. I'm older. But he's too much of a veteran. I think he's yeah. I think he's too mature for that. Exactly. You know, I he's like too, to think that too, too professional. I like to think that too. I actually got a story for you. I almost said this shit on air, but when when we get off, I got Oh, we're saving it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Per sources? Huh? Per source? The source being my eyes. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Just verify. <laughs> That's all. That's all. All right. Well, Chris Mannix. Also stated that he thinks the 76ers could kind of benefit from everything that's going on. And he thinks that maybe they could be a dark horse to make some noise. And the reasoning, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't buy the reasoning, but this is the reasoning he went with. Because it'll be sloppy, because it'll be a style of basketball that's so unique and weird and no fans and having to put a stoppage on the season, he thinks that the three ball won't be as effective as it once was. And he thinks the the shooting will be a little poor. And because of that, the 76ers can take advantage of bully ball. And I just think that that's sort of so stretched in my opinion look these guys if you're a three-point shooter you're a three-point shooter and you're going to have training camp and you probably have been shooting throughout quarantine and when you get in the gym you're going to shoot your threes will there be some rust yeah maybe but you're going to shoot yourself out of that rust I don't see the three-point game just being eliminated all of a sudden because of a couple months of quarantine so I don't personally buy his mindset that that's why the Sixers are going to be able to make some noise because of uh, people missing threes for time off. I'm not going to lie, bro. I disagree with you. Because what he also said in that in that article, and I was so happy he alluded to this, was he was like more defensive-minded uh, teams should show up in the playoffs. So I, I agree with you what you said about the, the threes. At the end of the day, people shoot three. Like Chris Middleton ain't about to just shoot 15%, you know, because of quarantine. You know what I mean? Like, 15, like such, yeah, a, exactly. such a huge job. He shoots yeah. 6% from three. Exactly. Is that what I'm saying? But that's how the guy made it sound. But in the sense of this team being a defensive team, I agree with him. And I, in the playoffs, I think you need more of that. I think it's very interesting because we kind of skipped the line, and now we're going to see if what we thought about Elton Brand was true in the sense of he built this team. He kept talking about it. This team is built for the playoffs. This team is built for the postseason. It's almost like they took the idea of Kawhi Leonard and applied it to a team. I don't give a shit about the regular season. Not I don't give a shit, but I need to stay a contender in the regular season. But this thing is really built for going the distance. And now we've skipped the line on the season and we're about to see that. But I have faith more in that than the fact that they're going to just go out there and go against a team that, that lays eggs against threes. Not to mention we got the link to defend those threes. So it's a difference. Obviously, pros is pros. But it's a difference when you got wide open threes versus shooting over Joel, shooting over Ben, shooting over Tobias, shooting over Josh Richardson. Like those threes, you got to work a little harder for them. I think that's what he was getting at. I'm not, I'm not disregarding or discrediting the defensive part of things because mm-hmm. you know me. I think of that before I think of anything else. But I will say that that happens in the playoffs anyway. Like, I don't know how that changes now compared to what it was before. Defensive teams are going to be a little bit different in the postseason. And because of the style of play in basketball, you, in, in the playoffs, you might get less threes naturally anyway in the postseason because there's less possessions per game and it's not so much up and down. So I just think his reasonings... I don't buy the three-point shooting thing because guys are going to get back into rhythm and be fine. But with the defensive part of it, 
what changed? I, I don't know what changed because this was the defense I think you were going to get before quarantine, and you're going to get the same defense after quarantine, and I don't think the shooting is enough of a difference either. I, I just I don't buy it. Uh, maybe I am just in such a negative mindset because of everything today with the Ben Simmons comments first and the back injury, yeah. and now I'm just triggered to think negatively on the Sixers right now. I even, believe it or not, I'm sure this is actually easy to believe, but when Joel Embiid was talking about his, yeah, I've been working out for six days a week, good for yeah. you. I yeah. looked at that as a negative that he's talking about it again. I mean, I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm in negative mode with the Sixers. Nah, bro, you you want to see it. You, you're in put up a shut up mode. I get that. I, I, I back that. Like I said, I ain't about to call you crazy for that. I understand that completely. I think what this guy is getting at is that, like I said, it skips a lot. Like, the regular season, let's be honest, for the Sixers this year. And I, he started off the article by saying it. it was they were some of the biggest underachievers. So it kind of like, all right, for what they were trying to get to, for what they were built best for, it's like someone who plays, all, they always play their best in the third quarter. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, we got to deal with that first and that second one. But the third quarter, you know he's always going to show up. Like, that's what he's describing. Like, it's not that anything has changed drastically. It's just that, all right, you know what? They hit the reset button. They got a chance to kind of skip the shit that they were bad at. And now that we're in a postseason, their attributes are going to shine that much better because of the way this team is constructed. Now, you said you're not going to call me crazy for the Joel Embiid situation and me getting pissed off. You're not going to call me crazy for that. What are you going to call me crazy for? Is there something that you call me crazy for? Is it the caffeine addiction? Coffee, no. caffeine and coffee. That's where I'm at right now, if you couldn't tell, by the way. A little combination of both. Is it the fact I, that I wore an OKC hat last week? By the way, yo, did I, I was, get destroyed for that? I was just about to say, I'll call you crazy for the same reason the people in the comments call you crazy. Wearing that goddamn OKC. It's, like, that's like, it's no. a nice hat. I, I look, it's, it's a nice, nice hat. It's, it's a nice hat. I, I ain't give you shit. But when I tell you, I was looking down the comments crying like, Jesus Christ. They ready to fucking... March on his house with like pitchforks. Dude, and, and, they went into fire. my they went into my next video, which had nothing <laughs> to even do with it, and said, We're not watching until you tell us. It's a hat. I have so many hats that are not Philadelphia sports related, and I, I don't wear them on camera because of this. But you know what's a nice hat? It's a, it's a nice hat. I don't understand why it, it's such Yo, a big deal. I was I was like, Yo, they're ready to burn this motherfucker at the state yeah. for a hat. But it I, was, I, I, love it. I love it. It's passion. It is. Passion. I almost refreshed my YouTube page to see six subscribers. I mean, I could have lost them all. <laughs> Jeez. I'm going to have to give you my, uh, next time you get on there talk about the Flyers, I'm going to have to give you my Toronto jersey. We can do that. <laughs> now, how do you feel about the whole Mike Scott hockey jersey situation? Do you like that? Uh, man, to me, when it comes to other sports, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, I, I think everybody's offended because it's the OKC. It's like, listen, we got to, you know what I mean? This is the team that we got to see in the regular season. It's not season, a Celtics so. hat. It's not a yeah. Raptors hat. It's the yeah. Thunder. They stink. Exactly, exactly. It's a nice hat. But cross sports, I don't give a shit. Like I said, I got a Blackhawks jersey. I got a Toronto jersey. You know, Maple Leafs jersey. They're great jerseys. I don't give a shit about anything else. I'm sorry. They're great jerseys. That's why I got them. But I was crying. I was like, yo, he's getting murdered like why <laughs> like it's like you said it's a hat relax but i i, I get it i know we are now so. i love how many jerseys you have by the hockey jerseys so i i assume you enjoy the mike scott pre-game hockey jerseys that he rocks uh, yeah, i do think he hockey needs... has the best jerseys i love that 
Let I him get some credit. I do think that he, some of the last names on the back, a little corny. He likes to be mm-hmm. different and throw some different last names on that. I would just have number one and Scott on all of them if I was him. But he does yeah. have a nice collection. Hockey, y'all, y'all have the best. I'm sick y'all don't get y'all credit, but, like, y'all have the best jerseys. At the end of the day, NFL jerseys look like V-necks with long sleeves. Not a fan. I'm sorry. Like, not not to wear. You know what I mean? I like it to hang up, but not to wear. Basketball jerseys, like, oh, look at this guy trying to show off his arms. But, like, the hockey jerseys, the way that the pads are supposed to fit, like, halfway up the, the forearm and shit. So if you got to watch an accessory, you could still show that off. But, like, the strings and it's like the hockey jerseys to me, I was like, I saw it and I was like, this shit is everything. Let's like, go. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. The hockey has the best jerseys. No, I Top love five. that. The, the only problem is you mentioned the tank tops and whatnot, and mm-hmm. you can rock those at a darty. You know, you, I'm yes. thinking right now in my head, I am picturing the white the, claw. <laughs> I, I love that you brought that up. I was thinking, I was thinking the standard frat party salmon uh-huh. shorts coming up high with Sperry's. White claws, and then all those kids are rocking uh, Kobe jerseys or uh-huh. Durant jerseys, right? Mm-hmm. You can rock that though at a darty. You can't rock the hockey J at a darty. It's too heavy. It's too thick. That's where it limits itself. It does. It does. It's more of a fall look, but that's when you find out if, if people could really dress it. That's you know sh- what that's I mean. True. That is Thank very you. true. You get, you get me. Yeah. You get me. That's when you find out people could really dress it now. What's your fall they look like? What's your fall and spring they look like? That's interesting. See, I'll be honest with you. I I cared more before than I do now. So it, it's I I lost a little bit of the care for the full on swag, if you will. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I walk out of the house when it's time to get ready and look like an absolute bum. But there was a time where I cared way more than I do now. Maybe because like I have bills to pay, and that means yes. I can't buy the nicer clothes. And it's like, damn it! All right, looks like it's- we're going uh thrift shopping. No. Hey, it's, you can find snags at thrift stores, by the way. Facts. I'm not chirping. Facts. It's, fun- it's, it's function over fashion at this point. <laughs> and I, I can I, I respect that. I respect that. Absolutely. Now, I was going to say something, and I forgot, which is bad to do when you're recording just, a podcast. So We just got into fashion. Yes. Fault. Yes, we did. We are going to transition. <laughs> Hold on. It was about clothes. Oh, I know. I know what it is. I got ripped apart for saying this on 97.3 ESPN this week. I liked... The black Cleveland Cavaliers jerseys with the sleeves and the yellow C. Did you like those? Them shits were hard. Okay. All right. We're going to bring it up. We're going to bring it up again. Well, because we're recording this on what is it? Is it Thursday Thursday morning? You're actually going to be on 97.3 ESPN later today at 3 (laughs) o'clock. You bet your ass I'm bringing this question up to end the little segment. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no no no. i'm for it bro i think those jerseys with the with the tightest sleeves are like we're gonna look back on those and like oh they were doing something like the warriors ones were nice the ones that said love the, the warriors the, ones. i was like them shits are hard if you do it right if the colors like i would love to see the sixers do those in black you know what i mean like kind of yeah man I how about blue? blue how about an ai blue jay transformed into those the blue it's just something about the blue is just a little it's something about the deeper colors the darker colors look a little better so maybe not i don't know i don't know i remember the bulls did it back when d rose was on there but those jerseys with the tight sleeves to me are amazing and that chasm with that hard ass that that c logo like that oh. shit it looks like some superhero with it's yeah. so good yeah. it's so good 
The problem is, well, it'll still show off my guns, but maybe just not as much as the other ones, you know? So we'll, <laughs> we'll end on this because we had a bunch of comments when it came to how do you feel about what Brett Brown said. And I would say a lot of the comments back had something similar to it's all bullshit coming out of Brett's mouth to save his job so he has an excuse. Come on. I mean, really? Look, as much as I'm frustrated with it, this isn't Brett Brown trying to save his job. He's actually been on the record stating he knows how big this is for him, and he understands that it's almost, you kind of mentioned with the Joel Embiid stuff, it's put up or shut up. I think he understands that as well. And the last thing that he's trying to do is save his job by pretending an injury is more serious than what it is. This is just a standard problem that this organization has had for years for years and it's not brett brown's fault it's it's honestly it starts up top real up top and i'll tell you what i don't like the team that owns this organization at all and it starts up there they're abysmal yeah yeah you can't hide it from them so if he was trying to quote unquote save his job from them, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh like, yeah, they're the ones they probably know. telling him what to say. Exactly. They know, bro. They're in the know. He can't hide that from him. It's just Yeah, it's reactionary. It's what it is. Exactly. It's people who despise Brett Brown. And and there's a lot of guys that do. And I actually see I, I got some buddies that don't like Brett Brown, but I can have a conversation and explain how I feel about coaching in the NBA, and they get it. They just disagree with me, and that's cool. I can live with that. You you don't have to like Brett Brown, but just hear me out. Don't just say the reason why they stink is Brett Brown. No, that's not the case, right? Because a lot of people say Dwayne Casey. They fired the Raptors fired Dwayne Casey, and then they ended up winning a title because of Nick Nurse. Well, no, it's because they got Kawhi Leonard. If coaching mattered that much, Dwayne Casey, the coach of the year going to the Detroit Pistons would lead more to them being successful. They're not successful. I wonder why. Because their talent's not good. Right? I mean, Popovich, same thing. Very, very, very respected guy in this league. He has no talent. They're not in the playoffs. Wild how coaching works in the NBA. Wild. Yes, I love that. Snap, snap. We could do that all day. We might just sit here after I hit the stop button. and I just want you to do that as I drink my coffee and get my day going. I'll call you on my way to work. Don't even say anything. Just snap. God damn it, bro. It's hard <laughs> yeah, you're in this big business meeting. God damn it, bro. It's, you Everybody's have to snap. do Everybody snap. <laughs> yeah, you got CEOs of companies. Broats? It's broats. I'm on the I'm on the uh, the big screen there on the projector. Everyone's just snapping. That's how you know it's time to go, fellas. We are way out uh, way out the lunch. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Process, and we will see you next time.